When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to episode, is it 28? 28. 28 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, with the usual cretins, JB there. <laughs> Hi, Tim. And Phil. Hi, Tim. And I'm Tim. And I make, uh, I'm going to make this apology straight away. I am not going to be on form in any kind of way, because I've, I, I don't want to just sound oh, like it. I'm Go just on. talking about Go it. On. Humble I, just, I just run a marathon. You know, what it, you know how it is. And he's here like a hero. Yeah. 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 Hero, hero is a, use, a word used far too often, but in your case, Tim, hero. Yeah, oh, this, that, yeah I was just, I was just rounding some at Busby Way and finishing the Manchester Marathon five hours ago. Wow! Have wow. you eaten? Have you got your calories on board? Big. Oh man, I had uh, from a, a local pub. They do, they do their proper version of a KFC bucket. Nice, <laughs> good. Uh, it's very good. Right, well, listen, but uh, there's plenty to talk about. Not least the Heineken Cup, which again only earlier this afternoon, as it is as we record this right now. We finished watching the final quarterfinal in the Heineken Cup. Some absolutely epic games to talk about. Yeah. And we're going to look ahead to some Premiership rugby returning at the weekend to come. But before all of that, England maybe has, get this lads, uh, England maybe has a, I don't know, you can't, he's not going to take the crown, but someone to compete with the Honey Badger, Nick Cummins, for a good bit of banter. Hmm. So this is Joe Marler. Now we have featured Joe Marler before. We, we have said before he seems like a good crack. He seems nice. He's got a bit of chat. His, his Twitter feed's quite funny. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say softy. Just it seems like quite quite a good lad. I would certainly wouldn't say softy to his face. No, absolutely not. He looks like Zangief. Do you remember Street Fighter? <laughs> <laughs> right. Listen. Uh, so this is from the game against London Irish a couple of weekends ago, uh, last weekend, and uh, this was a little comment that Joe Marler made to the referee as they were waiting to scrum down about Andrew Small's shoes, his boots, which were white. So Nick Heath has got in touch and, sh- and got us this, and it's Nick Heath's voice, in fact, that you can hear. So we're ready to get underway at the stoop then. Our referee is Andrew Small. In- oh, let me just say, that wasn't in the stadium at the stoop, by the way, that noise. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you know how some people have the uh, old Mexican horn? <laughs> no, that was just a, a little close-up of Andrew Small's white boots. ...of his 101st Premiership game... Yeah. Are you wearing those boots, Rebecca? Yeah, like Sean <laughs> David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I paid for mine, though. Did I just overhear Joe Marler <laughs> say to referee Andrew Small, are you wearing those boots for a bet? <laughs> How to win the hearts and minds of match officials by Joe Marler. That is absolutely priceless. Apparently, there was a, uh, who was it, uh, John Fashionew. He used to be captain the Villa, I think. If, uh, probably and, Wim- and Wimbledon. Oh, we, he, ah, good. He, he won the FA Cup with Wimbledon when they beat Liverpool way back in the day. Good, so I am on the right track here. And apparently, he used to memorise the name of the wife and kids of all the refs. So, like before every game, you're like, <laughs> "How's Jane, Nancy, Nancy and Florence? Are they doing well?" Uh, and then you know, he thought he'd get them on side. It's good. That's a good idea. It's, yeah. it's not too bad. Uh, we had a Scottish ref. I uh, do one of his posh Scots who have emigrated from up north. Uh, and he was refing a second team game, and the captain that day was—I I can't remember—but we've actually got a, um, a, a posh got ourselves called Mike Rainey, who said, "Right, you captain, just so just they can bond." <laughs> I, I used to play under a coach who would, like, in the the pre-match in the dressing room when the refs coming around checking boots and that, he'd be like really, really nice and like slapping <laughs> him on the back, shaking hands, like, "Oh, how are you doing? How's it all that?" And the second the door would close, he'd be like, "Right, we all know that ref is an absolute." <laughs> 
So can't take any crap. Can't mouth off. Can't we any... we think in Brooklyn every ref hates us. You know what this guy's like. <laughs> You're like uh, that Castleford. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a spike. Yeah, I got a spike. I think the most famous one of getting a ref on side was the one with Jason Leonard in the World Cup. Yeah, and he trots on. That's the ref on the arse and goes, uh, "Right, sir, I hear you've been having some trouble. So, uh, any problems? I've been around the block a bit. Just ask me, and I'll sort them out." <laughs> his uh, his quote was. Um, because that was in the World Cup final yeah. when, it, when England was... Like, it's unfor- unbelievable to think that you have you tap a ref on the bum <laughs> and have an at it in a World Cup final. When England was struggling in the scrums or being penalised in the scrums against Australia and he said, uh, I think the quote was, if you want me to go forwards and backwards, I'll do that. I won't go up and down. I won't go side to side. And if you don't want me to push, I won't do. <laughs> but let's sort this out. <laughs> Brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So I thought I'd share that with you anyway. It's, it's not quite Nick Cummins, but I think of uh, of England's current internationals, Joe Marler maybe is staking a claim to be a... Good effort. Good, yeah, good luck. I, have to think of, I don't know what name he would have, Honey Badger, what animal you would liken him to. Honey Bear? <laughs> honey Bear. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's talk Europe then, and let's talk the Heineken Cup quarterfinals. Can you update me? I haven't seen. I've saw the result of the the final one, but I was well. Did yeah. I mention I was out running a marathon? I didn't. <laughs> see. No, no, you should mention it. I didn't see Tillon Leinster. Well, I nipped to the bookies and I put a bet on all the Irish teams to lose. Um, sorry, all the Irish teams not to win because that caused a nightmare in in the bookmakers when I kept on saying to lose. Monster so, to lose. Monster to lose. No, yeah, no, no, that's Munster, the game. Yes, Monster to lose against to lose. <laughs> um, so yes, that caused a nightmare. So all the Irish teams not to win and Claremont to win. Uh, and the first game, uh, I was proved horribly wrong. It yeah. just shows I know nothing about rugby. Yeah, yeah incredible. I, I think we all backed Toulouse. We did, did, we did back Toulouse, but I think but J, J, said... JB wrote them off, whereas I think, Phil, if I remember rightly, we both acknowledged that there's something about the Heineken Cup and Munster, Munster and out. Tome and Park. Yeah, hands up, I know nothing about rugby. Uh, what a performance by Munster. Uh, they, were, they were unreal. The, Toulouse scored... Uh, a couple of like good long-range tries, but Munster were on top from start to finish. They completely dominated them in virtually every aspect. In the set piece, the scrums and yeah, lineups, they were miles only, better. Their only, backs looked miles better. I only saw the first half, but every breakdown, uh, Munster just blowing it up, uh, driving over. And they they lost their captain in like the first 10 minutes as well, Peter O'Mahony, who's like oh, yeah, they did incredible well. ball carrier and tackler and breakdown specialist. So actually, what I thought was going to be probably the match of the of the weekend is a little bit of a, wa- a little bit of a washout. Actually, it was still good to watch, it's but yeah, watch. there were obviously much closer matches. I think I think Toby Flood will have a big impact on Toulouse because they had no direction at all. So yeah, that was Munster Toulouse, then the Claremont Leicester game. I feel Leicester, if they'd have stayed in it, stayed a bit closer in that first half, and if they'd have been able to take Money Puller off, if they'd been able to bring Dan Cole on. Um, rather than have to play money puller for the full eighty, I didn't think the scrimmaging was a big problem for them though. It wasn't, but you could tell money puller was tired. He's carrying around twenty stone for eighty minutes. He's a big slice, and he he works hard. So, what's the record now at, at Claremont? It's just it's, I don't know. Is it seventy odd games? Seventy nine games, I think. Yeah, but that does exclude uh, a game in two thousand and twelve against. Oh, hold on, hold on. We're getting a knowledge bomb Uh-oh. ready. Uh, they got beat at home by Leinster in the Heineken Cup in 2012, but it wasn't played in the, whatever it is, Mar- Michelin. De, Marcel, yeah. de Michelin or whatever it is. Yeah, their proper home stadium it was played like 200 miles away in, Do you know, right? in Lyon or Nice. The, like the knowledge bomb. Sinking. Knowledge. <laughs> I'm sure it's strange, like, Michelin either built that stadium for them or the... Like the French government built it for them. It's something very, very odd going Probably on. Probably the French government. They they love uh, interfering in sport. <laughs> <laughs> they love promoting the sport to uh, build t- uh, spirit of the town, that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, now, let's talk about Ulster. What yes. a farce. Go on. Okay, so uh, anyone who watched it would know that Jared Payne, four and a half minutes in, gets flattened in a collision with Alex Goode. They both fall to the ground, and it results in Jared Payne get, getting a red. This is one of those examples of referees ruining the game. It completely ruined it. Not only was it not a red card, I would struggle to say it's a yellow card. And I perhaps would say, eh, if it wasn't a penalty, I, I could even take that. 
I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. If you watch Jared Payne, he is watching the ball until the time he sees Good jumping actually in front of him. So he only sees Good very, very last minute. Now, before you say anything, if that, if <laughs> well, that ball had dropped down... Can you sense that we're going to disagree slightly, maybe? Yeah, if the ball had dropped down, right, and Good hadn't got the ball, and in fact Payne had got, got, got the ball, would Payne still be, still be sent off? The actual intent uh, and, and the actions would, would all still, still be exactly the same. What do you think, Tim? What I will say in your defence, JB, is when you watch it in real speed, full speed, you realise Jared Payne, he, he's making an effort to get to the ball. Absolutely. And yeah. at the point Alex Good jumps, he actually can't do anything to get out of the way. No. So I think the red card was purely because Alex Good was sufficiently injured to leave the field. I don't, that, I, that, I don't, that I don't think for a second it would have been a red card. But that shouldn't Alex matter. Good I mean, if... Up. If he tackles round, I don't know, round his legs and his knees buckle, he's not getting red. No, I think it does. Card. I think it does matter. There is a. It, I think it does matter because that, that that is in fact part of the sort of referee's directive. They're told to consider the consequence of the foul play. You're right. If if he'd have bounced up, it would have been a penalty. I'm so prob- are you incentivizing players to stay stay down? No. Why not? Why is it not an incentive for me to roll around? on the floor, in a Heineken Cup quarter-final, just to get the other guy set, sent off. But it's, it's only if there is sufficient injury to make them leave the field and not, not come back. But, OK, but so what if I say, you know... One of the things you off? mentioned there is intent. And you mentioned it a couple of times, and a lot of people on Twitter, mainly Ulster fans, have been mentioning there's no intent, not malicious. But that has absolutely nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with no, it. No, it doesn't. Because Why? what? So you're going to be, make it subjective the referee's subjective opinion on someone's intent it's not about that that's not in the rules and it shouldn't be because it makes everything subjective it has to be on recklessness and dangerousness right. and, and that was because he was arriving second because good was in the air and because he didn't check his run didn't do anything he went full speed into a man in the air when he was second in that but he didn't know the man was in the air he was just running in a straight no line. you know like, i've been in that situation before you know when you're second I, I, to you the can ball. actually see pain Look up and like, ch- so he's watching the ball, watching the ball, watching the ball, and then you can see when Good comes into his line of sight and he changes his head. And goes, oh, oh dear, uh, this is fairly bad. Well, but the, what you got to remember the, the potential consequences are really, really severe. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like someone w- with a high tackle. There may be absolutely no intent, but you could break someone's jaw. Oh, completely knock out. And and I see it as very little difference between the two. And if if you high tackle someone, they bounce back up and run off. But like, I don't penalty, think... maybe a yellow card. If you high tackle someone, their jaw gets fractured and they have to leave the field. Well, then yeah, probably what, your red card is. What where if it's you ta- be. tackle low and you know, blow up, blow up someone's knee? Yeah, but that that's not an illegal act. There, there's going to make it illegal. R- rugby is risky enough already because things right. like that so, do happen. Here's... So if you're breaking the rules then you've got to be prepared to take the consequences. Here's where I think it's going. Right? I think it's going in the way that the argument the ref would make is that Jared Payne should be aware of what um, what Alex Good is doing. And right? he would be. You, in that situation, you know no. when you're going to be well, second he, best. Jared Payne did what he did because he was fully committed to catching a ball, not because he's fully committed to running into Alex Good. Completely different. With, with everything I said, I still think that... I do think that the red card was OK, but I wouldn't have been... Unhappy to see a yellow card. But he's ru- they've ruined an entire Heineken Cup quarter well, It's not about ruining them. It the is, ref it's cannot, about that. No, the ref cannot consider that. What happens if, if Alex, Alex Good's career is ruined? Would you still say, oh no, the ref's got to keep him on the field to, to, to keep the game fair? That's uh, a ludicrous argument. No, it's not. You're, the law says no tackling in the, in, in the air. It wasn't a tackle. All right, it was a no-arm tackle. Yeah, it, it wasn't so it's a tackle. They just ran into each other. Combining actually, a no-arm tackle actually, with today, a man. Actually, there's a shoulder barge when he's in, in the air. In the Leinster-Toulon game, went up for a ball, fair contest. and Two both, guys and, went up yeah, for a ball. One, one's running if on, on the Payne floor. Jared Payne was in the air. Sorry, they, they were competing for the ball. Jared Payne was competing for the ball. If Jared, Payne, if Jared Payne was in the air, the, 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 I would it say, would have right, been... If he hadn't have seen Good... Uh, at that point, he he would have then been elevating to to, to get the ball, but he had seen good. You've got hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just 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 not red. Every player has to be able to take responsibility for what they do to fellow players. And if, if right you... here we go. So well, this well, well, is what, this is the point I'm trying to make. No, no, now. no. Now, when they do something within the laws of the game, then well, you know what, it happens, and that's that's, I think yeah. that's the game rugby is. When it's not within the laws of the game, well, 
then there has to be consequences. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most contentious point about this is what did what Jared Payne did, I believe, is in the rules of the game. He was challenging for a ball. Um, any, it anyway, was, the, it was. you're arguing against virtually every single pundit, rugby pundit, including... No, on uh, five, five Live, they were all outraged. All outraged. All the Ulster fans? No, the, the, the commentators. At what, that it was a red rather than a yellow? Uh, well, a lot of them are saying it's just a penalty. From what I heard on the radio, a lot of them are saying it, it was it, just a penalty. Everything I've read on Twitter and the commentators at the time were all completely opposed to that. They, there was, most people were instant red, looking at Greenwood, uh, Austin Healy, Dawson, Ben K, people like that, like experienced rugby players, rugby commentators. They were all saying... But I can't see what he's done to warrant... The, he's not throwing a punch, well, it's not deliberate... <laughs> There's none of these things. Just talking, the just talking facts rather than what he meant, what he intended, what, what he did. Well, okay, what, yeah. what the, did he the, do in your eyes? The facts. What did he do in your what eyes? He did. He ran into a player who was airborne catching a ball and caused him to land in a dangerous, potentially very dangerous way. How about this, right? What if Jared Payne... Are they not facts? They, they, they are, are facts. They are but the what, facts. But how about this, right? So you're trying no, no, to so, judge so, his no, intentions. So, so those facts remain the same. How, how about this? What if Alex Good elevated to catch the ball? Jared Payne ended up with the ball and then Alex Good classes into Jared Payne. Is that a penalty the other way? Is it a case of where the ball is? Probably, yeah. If Jared Payne catches it, then his judgment was better than Alex Good's. Yeah. Well, just let them compete. Let the boys play. Different sport, but similar similar rules and similar consequences American football they've now banned entirely head-to-head con- contact leading with the helmet all the things which might cause concussions but the general consensus among the players is oh sorry they've also banned shots to the knees at cer- a certain angles but I couldn't tell you the exact rule however the general consensus of the players is they'd rather have, have a shot to the head and be out for, for a week than take a blow to the knee and be out forever which is quite interesting and what's the American football law with like wide receivers in the air catching a ball um, with American footballers, the actual law is the receiver, if has caught the ball, has to be allowed to land and make a footballing move before you tackle him. Right? Where, but actually, if they're in the air together, there isn't a rule. It's a, it, it, it's okay. A well, yeah. well, that was, that's where we're at. That's where we're at with yeah. Jared Payne and Alex Good, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, no, because Jared Payne wasn't in the air. I, Alex Good was. Do, do you know what? He caught Jared the ball. Payne's biggest mistake, right, was not to jump for that ball. Because if they both yeah. jumped for it, no one would say anything. And in my mind... If they yeah. both jumped for it, Alex Good wouldn't have landed... Yeah, he wouldn't have wouldn't flicked landed onto his head. Was he gladiators? <laughs> yes. JB, if you ever want a post-playing career in rugby, can you be a, a public school schoolmaster, rugby yeah. master, rather than a referee? Oh. Please. Christ. <laughs> you fit in much better there. It's awful, awful. Anyway, so... Probably not going to agree to disagree on that one, but... What, so let's what talk about the game. Reckon? Is JB bonkers or has he got a point at Rugby Podcast on Twitter? Absolutely got a point. Anyway, so then so then the game. Three um, three Saracens tries, yeah. which I, I... I'm not certain, but I think it'll all be prevented with with a fullback being there. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. Would you say yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So the... Um, yeah, Chris Ashton. So the Chris Ashton tried to start with when he kind of S you know, shapes around everyone. Which is a very good finish. A lovely finish. Really good finish. But it, a fullback would have stopped that. Exactly. Uh, the the crossfield kick, I mean, it might have still came off, come off, but, you know, you might have your fullback there, you know, wing yeah. might be across. And the Moritz both ones just a just, straightforward overlap. Yeah, so. just lack what, of numbers. What did the Ulster coach say after the match? <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw the uh, Johan Muller interview, uh, the captain's second row, um, he was obviously a bit upset about the decision, but he was quite um, well media trained, and he said he would leave it up to the referee to make those decisions, that kind of thing. Uh, but you could tell he was a bit aggrieved. Saracens did a really good job of throwing that away, because yeah. of, of, they were in the best position. They scored three tries. Owen Farrell missed. Rory Best went off. Half yeah. dozen kicks. Yeah. <laughs> Does Do anyone understand uh, the Bru- Colts? Bruin Pinar was clearly injured. Yeah. He couldn't um, pass off on side, could he? Yeah. He looked in actual pain every, every Nick, time he passed. Nick Williams was obviously, he went off, he was carrying an injury. So Nice to see Tommy Bow back and playing play really well, well, though. Well, I, every time I watch Tommy Bow, he's a, a really good well, operator. If, Regardless of the um, the reasons for the sending off, if they'd have had 15 men, they would have been comfortable winners I think for that so. game. I think so. Sharp Britt's sort of like a world beater. He really yeah. did. A world-beating centre. Not maybe, maybe not a hooker. But his uh, feet are something else. He's, he's superb. And Billy Vinopola, because he's not played for, for six weeks, 
he played really, really well. I realised well. Billy Bavunapolo was so big. This thing's 21 stone. That's not right, is it? Yeah, that's, that's the way I've kind of always seen. His shape has changed. He's got a bit more of a V about his torso than, than yeah. last season. He used to be Have some love w- wider do, hips. Do, than do, you, <laughs> do you think if you're a fan of Saracens, you could sing the the name Billy 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 Bonapola to the tune of the Macarena. Billy Vernapola. Billy, 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 Billy Vernapola. And then you go, and then, and, and then you can go back and go, Maka, 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 Maka Vernapola. Oh, nice. Uh, I, 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 I thought that in the car. Let's just That's mention good. that before we move on, let's mention the, the red card one more time. And we know where JB stands. Let's see what our, our old favourite Castleford commentator, whether he agreed with JB or disagreed, this, this is what he commentated when, uh, when that event happened. He's talking about good for diving. That's what he's doing. Get him walking. Yeah, that'd be the right answer. Yellow card. The only good thing to call that whole thing is actually Andy. Um, Andy. Alex Good. Good is okay. But other than that, what a farce. So anyway, uh, one more game to talk about. Yep. Too long. Too long, Leinster. Or as I call it, Drop, uh, drop Fest 2014. Yeah. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to help me out with this one because I missed it because I I was running a marathon. But anyway, go on. What when? Oh, I did. I did earlier today. Did I not mention it? <laughs> no, no. No, go on. Have you got some uh, like circus music, Tim? Like, is that Ben? No, it's not. No, no, Benny Hill music. That, that's no what circus mean. music. <laughs> go on then. Tell me about uh, Talon Leinster. Just right. So, do you know when you unwrap a brand new match ball? And it just it sticks to your hands at almost any angle. But yeah. Well, they had no it's, doubt a brand new match ball. It's harder to drop than it, yeah. Than and it is they're to, in to catch it. beautiful sunny south of France, and for the I don't know it went from the sublime to the ridiculous pretty quickly. The intensity was ferocious. Some of the carries were ferocious, but then they would have six or seven drops back to back to back. Yeah, it and was that it was first, strange. The first twenty minutes. Toulon got in some brilliant positions with some great running, great breaks, great hands. And then the last five metres, they just drop it inexplicably. And it happened not just once, like over and over again. And then Leinster did a job at replicating it. They got some good field position, created a, an opportunity and then dropped it. The most infuriating ones is, oh, I'll drop it to you. And then if you could drop it straight back, that would be great. <laughs> and we'll go back and scrimmage. And they just applied... if, if you're idea of a law change no knock-ons yeah just well, on. I'll tell you what what that, a game it would that, have been. what a game it would have been Ooh. incredible we would have been talking about the greatest game of all time <laughs> had there been no knock-ons in that uh, it was two teams who are exactly as as advertised so um Leinster are a very very slick well-oiled operation and you just see by the way that they play that they're very they're very comfortable Toulon are a bunch of monstrous superstars and you know the way they carry the ball you had Bru- uh, you had Bruce Earl, uh, Dylan, um, Dylan Stefan Armitage is a beast at eight yeah eight. revelation yeah if you think of all the players that they have available and he gets a nod at eight quite incredible enough circus mu- music now because there were some and Talon probably deservedly came out on top is there a cuter name in all of sports than Xavier Chucky? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cute name uh, someone <laughs> someone texts back to me um Saying that there was one cuter and it was in like pa- Patrick Bambi. Uh, I can't find. I don't know if, that, if, if that's a joke or not. Pat Lambie. Pat Lambie. Pat Bambi. Anyway, the um, the two semi-finals are going to be absolutely. What's the draw? Mon- monstrous. Uh, Claremont play Saracens at Twickenham. That could go either way. That one. And Toulon play Munster. I'm not sure where oh, it'll be. Oh, um, I'd, I'd fancy the way that Saracens played. I'd fancy Claremont any day. No. They weren't that convincing against Leicester. Leicester are a very, very good team. But Saracens are better than Leicester, would you say? No. I'd say I'd say Leicester are better than Saracens. Mm. At, at the moment, I know they've had a really tough time this, this, this season with injuries, so the league table doesn't reflect that. But yeah. I would say Leicester Can I just mention with Leicester? If, right, I just need to make a message to, to Jordan Crane. Jordan? It's quick good, rugby. Good play. <laughs> Jordan, talented player. What? Are you watching the same guy? No, wait. Jordan Crane... <laughs> Talented guy, right? But you truck it up. You do not do swan dives a la Chris, <laughs> a la Chris Ashton when you score a try. It's not on. It doesn't look good. It's not clever. Oh, it's not for forwards. Not for forwards. The last, glad... last forward to do that was uh, Leguizamon. Leguizamon. London oh, Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a note to Chris, to Chris Ashton, who swan dived in the corner. There was no need to swan dive. I know in Farrell missed... Sorry, Ash splashed. 
Oh That's yeah, I, I thought I said uh, never mind what I thought he said. But <laughs> what was he doing? Farrell's uh, yeah, yeah. missed like he got one in five or one in six. Yeah, and he's putting him in the corner. Well done. I hope the ash splash was worth it. Uh, right, so um, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to talk Amelin Challenge Cup. It won't be as long a conversation as wasn't as much. Uh, They're not sending offs, were they? No, fortunately. Good. So <clears throat> none of that to dis- decide. We're going to preview the Premiership, but. Something else that's back, as well as Heineken Cup, is uh, Game of Thrones, season four. Mm, now, yes. now me and Phil are ba- bang into this. You, well, it was actually Phil that told me I had to watch this. So oh, I, I got Jay, Yeah, Jay, I think Jay might be the one who got me into it. Yes, I Oh, did. so you have watched it as well? Uh, yeah, it's been disingenuous. I've also, re- I've also read all the books as well, which is quite embarrassing. Have you? Yes. Yeah. Don't tell me what happens in, in season four. <laughs> but it's, it's a show, it's a bit of a phenomenon. Loads of people are into it. And we, we had a little bit of a conversation one time and we thought we might bring it to the podcast. Now, this is Tim interrupting the podcast. Um, I'm doing this after the podcast has been recorded. Just to say that what you're about to hear features JB gratuitously giving away Game of Thrones spoilers. So, if you're up to date or you don't care about Game of Thrones at all and finding out spoilers, then listen on. Otherwise, what you need to do is jump to 30 minutes and 45 seconds and then you'll be free of any spoilers taking you to the end of season three. Right, you've been warned. Now you can listen on. Some characters in Game of Thrones have got a Ned Stark dies. Potential. I've <laughs> got... <laughs> He's joking. I've got potentially amazing uh, careers in rugby. Yeah. Yep. There's a, there's a few who would fit right in. Ned um, Stark, to... loose head. <laughs> Yeah, um, he would work. He would. That would work. <laughs> so imagine uh, Gregor Clegane or Clegane. Clegane. Um, the mountain in the he, second row. He's yeah. de- described as the tallest man in Westeros, nearly eight feet tall and heavily muscled. If Victor Matfield had a very ugly brother, <laughs> twin brother, or no, whatever, you know what I mean. It's like he's got a Victor Matfield thing well, like about back him. He's both. Hang on, you you never see the mountain's face. You'd never know. You do. Oh, you yeah, do. You yeah, do. you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't um, have any hair. Oh no! I'm t- who am I talking about? You're, um, S- Sand- oh, no, no, you're th- talking of yeah, Sander Cle- Clegane. So oh. actually, it would work because Mudfield's got the hair, <laughs> and Bota yeah. is like a big brute. <laughs> Love there it. you go. Love um, it. Gregor Clegane is. Have you ever seen Honey? I blew up the kid. Uh, blew up the baby. Oh Christ! No. no. Where they take a like a ray gun and enlarge a baby so he's like 50 feet tall makes sense if you did that to Martin Bayfield <laughs> that, that's what that's what Gregor Clegane is like I reckon you would have an outstanding tighter there's probably a couple of contenders to tighter prop but yeah. Hodor Hodor yeah. Oh, yeah Hodor Robert Baratheon in his no, uh, Robert no, Baratheon Hodor, Hodor is, is, is a massive mute who only says the word Hodor, Hodor. so he's sufficiently stupid as well it reminds me a little bit of um, the <laughs> Harlequin second row Garrick back in the day Garrick Morgan don't remember that what monstrous man he looks like right Hodor this this big mute would looks like he would be the sort of guy he would definitely be Welsh and wear a forearm guard ah <laughs> yes a doubt. the imagine. real heavy set <laughs> yeah yeah doesn't uh, doesn't remind me of anyone off the bat but I can see where you're coming from I oh. reckon I reckon that is, is it Rosie the redhead wench one with the, the <laughs> yeah. one that they always show completely unnecessarily get a yeah necessarily a, necessarily a necessarily <laughs> naked is it Rosie? I reckon she would be a fallback because uh, not extremely not. experienced at gathering balls. Way. <laughs> right, in the same vein, uh, could have Cersei Lannister on the wing. Go on, because she can really open her legs. That <laughs> uh, she doesn't do it that often. <laughs> Jamie Lannister doesn't have right because he has his awesome handoff. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Terrible. Spoiler alert! Oh yeah, he loses a hand. If he, if he was <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, uh, back back on tonight, but not to. Oh, but... obviously Tyrion, scrum half. Yeah, yeah. L- little dwarf De- man, definitely. I was thinking who'd play ten. And I was, I was thinking a lot of the Stark lads look like they, no. they could play 10. But too, too honest. Well, not too, just too stupid. Like their, their decision-making is absolutely woeful. It is, isn't it? Who would play 10? The problem with Game of Thrones is you've got loads of sixes, a couple of props, a few second rows. Mm. And then after that, it's very hard to fill the halfbacks. Yeah. Very hard. Littlefinger, yeah. there's, your, there, there's your fly half. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he does, actually. 
Yeah. It doesn't die. So. <laughs> Ty- Tywin Lannister is a, the rich owner. Mm. Yes. Like the Toulon or Racine Metro owner. Or Saracen's owner. Bougelade or whatever it is, yeah. It's good. Uh, what, what, what I'd say is, um, if JB spoiled anything for you, we apologise, but uh, get watching it. <laughs> yeah. Get watching it. Yeah. So we can talk about it and you'll actually know what we're talking about if you don't watch it. <laughs> so yeah, apologies to anyone who's... Uh... Yeah, so next week we'll, we'll be ruining Breaking Bad, so uh, <laughs> make sure you listen to that. What's the, there must be an acceptable time period when actually you can just talk freely about Breaking Bad. I think a week. Bad. I think a week. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I'd no, like a two-year no, no. two cut-off. If you Absolutely not, If you right? haven't watched it's it It's the equivalent of you saying, done. don't tell me the result of last year's Heineken Cup because I, I, I have it on my Sky Plus box. Not having it. You've, I think you've got, at most... Two months. No, two months. I, two months. I, I, see, I see a six-month window because it is a big big commitment to start a box set. You might be halfway through another one. Well, watch it in real, in real time. Go get Sky Atlantic and watch it in real time. <laughs> or if you're really into it, DVR it and then you can see it whenever. I, I say two, two months. No, well, box set normally comes out like six months afterwards and then a, a few months to buy the box set or, and watch it. So, yeah, between six months and a year, I think you have to. Anything more than that is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that would be a good threshold, but I, I, I've just thought of another Game of Thrones who our 10 could be. I reckon, um, what's his name? The guy's just got himself in the friend zone with Daenerys. Targaryen. Oh, uh, Jorah Mormont. Jorah Mormont. I can imagine him as a 10, like a wily old character, like great in night. the Johnny. Johnny yeah, and, he's uh, a great knight in the Johnny Wilkinson kind of mold. You could have a, a veteran. Carl, uh, Dro- Carl Drogo would be our number eight. Yeah, Drogo. Yes. Oh, no, no, Jamie Lannister would have got number eight. He'd be another six. <laughs> yeah, six. he could be another or six. Or like a left winger or something, like yeah, a monster. really upsetting when Carl Drogo dies. Um, <laughs> and to die in such a way, like such a pathetic end for a great warrior. It is so An upsetting. An infection. It is so upsetting because you're like... When she's like po- we've got to stop talking about Game okay, of Thrones yeah, sorry, because sorry. people want to listen. We'll talk about it in, in the car on the way back, Jay. Yep. Right, just to let you know, if you're just rejoining the podcast, having skipped the last little while, uh, there will be no more Game of Thrones spoilers. You're safe. Is there anything to talk about with Amelie Challenge Cup? Yes. Come on then. Gavin Henson, man of the match. Thank Mm. you very much. Uh, They nilled Breve, I think, or if they didn't... No, it's seven. Breve scored right at the end. 38-7, was it? 39-7, yeah. Boom. Northampton uh, dominated Sail Sharks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was there at that game. Interesting game, that one, I thought. Sail. See, that's just an example of what you're talking about with the squad. When Sale make five or six changes, mm. their team is just a totally different team. When you, 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 when you take out Braid, Seymour, Cipriani, Leota, Tutupu, I mean... E- even Cobblast. Cobblast was tight head, yeah. They missed him. Henry, Henry, Henry Tom's got another yellow card. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's an international. Let's just talk role. a second about um, this season's transfers for next year and how many clubs are probably look. You know, as Phil says, looking for the tipex. <laughs> uh, Henry Thomas, are you sure, Bath? Is this exactly what you want? No, I, I stand he, by. It. I've watched him for three or four years. The guy is is special. And yeah. actually, I reckon that Neil Hatley is it the forwards coach at Bath? Yep. I think he's. I think he'll do a job with him. He was in an understrength pack, so I think to put the blame solely yeah, on him would, would Cob- be. But Cobblash comes in and dominates people. Yeah, he's I mean, a he good absolutely player. Absolutely dominates people. I have taken the mick out of Cobblash in the very early episodes of the podcast because I'm telling you, it's not until about two months into this season that he's got better. And in previous seasons, I've not thought very much of him at all. Yeah, uh, he looks like the. He looks like the, the player that Bath actually want, uh, actually wanted rather than Henry Thomas. Yeah. He doesn't do anything in the internationals. He, he's, cause, he's good, probably cheap. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, because tight heads are like, a bit of a rarity. They're, they're valuable assets. Yeah. He must be, like, his stock has really risen this season. And considering he's a Moldovan international. Big money, big money. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Harlequins, that was the result of the tie, though, of the round. I saw it? that game. In it Paris. was horrendously boring. Like I thought it was going to be a good game, and I, you know, I settled down to watch it, and it just nothing really happened. Twenty nine six though away. Yeah, uh, I think it was weird, really, because the Harlequins team, which when you think of Harlequins, you think of all the champagne rugby. I know that's a cliche, but that actually is the reality of the situation at the moment with what they have. Well, they picked Jordan Turner Hall, and they picked Tim Molnar. So you have one of those two, but you have two of them. It's like having two kind of. Mike Tyndall's boshing up. Well, we're recording this and it's Sunday evening and the the last game of the match. It's quite unusual to have a kick-off at 7pm on a Sunday oh, it's evening. It's cool though, isn't it? I quite like it. Yeah, I quite like it, but uh, Wasps are currently 
Well, half time 13 3 up. We're not going to know what the result is by the Against end of the podcast. Against, Against Gloucester. Gloucester. Oh, God, yeah. And Gloucester got their full strength team out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Both teams got their full strength team out looking at the lineup. So, yeah, it looks like, looks like Wasps are going to come out on top in that one unless Gloucester turn it around. So, the, the semi finals for that are Harlequins at Northampton. And it looks like London Wasps are going to be the other team against Bath. So you probably have to say Bath-Northampton final. Yeah, yeah, you'd say that, which would be a very good final. Henson got man of the match, I mentioned that. Big, Sorry? Big Gav, man of the match, starting his comeback. Good and honest. interestingly, World when, Cup, um, next year. when yeah. George Ford came off, Kyle Eastman went to 10. So that's the Amelie Challenge Cup. We'll be talking about this weekend's Premiership matches, but... Right now, well, firstly, I suppose we should say congratulations to Longi Mulipola, who has had or is having. Uh, he's they're having. They're having. They're having. Having twins with, and I didn't realise this until Phil, you brought it to our attention, with the sister of former Leicester teammate Martin Castro Giovanni. Yeah. So you have got twin boys. Twin boys. Wow. <laughs> Lester should sign them up as soon as they're born, just well, in case. Just yeah, a normal thing. No? I, w- I was thinking this. So she's obviously Argentinian Italian. He's Samoan, but they're currently living in England. So let's. Uh, born give... in. Well, hopefully we'll be born, born in, England. in England. Yeah. So uh, let's keep it like that. Let's get these boys playing <laughs> <laughs> for England. Because what a pair of bruises they'll be. Wow. With. with... Castro Giovanni's sister. Yeah. She's got to have some good stock. Oh, yeah. It's almost like someone's gone, let's breed the best possible props we can for the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twin boys. Yeah. Uh, let's breed them. It's almost like Leicester have started their own breeding programme. The, yeah, the very brilliant... popular in Germany, about nine, late 1930s, <laughs> uh, the eugenics programmes there. And yeah, it's obviously worked well. Um, the brilliant thing about this is that those two boys will grow up, one playing loosehead and one playing tighthead. Unless they fight over one side or the other. Uh, well, you know, Daddy plays one side and... What, what does no, Daddy play? plays both sides. Yeah, he's he's a does. loose head that was playing... He was playing at tight head yesterday. That's not his... Well, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I read an interview with him uh, last week and he was playing number eight uh, in New Zealand in Hawke's Bay and got told he was, it was... He lost a stone to be able to play number eight and then lost another stone to, when he came to Leicester to play prop because he was still too heavy. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So looking was, at him now, he was yeah. two stone heavier yeah. and playing number eight. Yeah. <laughs> he has got an amazing work rate, hasn't he? Gets, yeah. He gets around. But yeah, so who would you have if you could breed two players? I thought of Stringer and Bucky's Botha. So he he go, he, go on. he, he catch off, catch catch off on right, the just, in, just I, I don't know he'll be my, a normal my, sized man. My sex education at school the wasn't the best. The line out and then pass it. <laughs> my sex education wasn't the school at the best. But how does uh, Backy's Boater and Peter Stringer? How are they going to breed? Well, they're one of their sisters. I don't know. Yeah, the way you look at it, if there's yeah. the average children are two point four. Yeah. So. Let's just assume everyone has an available female. Well, you've got to assume there's a good chance that one of the two has an available female. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they are. Uh, Bucky Stringer, I think, would be a, a, an incredible specimen. I reckon for a they... pu- for a pure physical back row specimen, PSB some Maggie Alfonsi should hop into that. <laughs> oh, so you're doing the actual female? The actual wow. female, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would that would be. Uh, now I was considering PSBs because what a specimen yeah. right? he is. Statistics, st- stats wise, you need yeah. to marry PSBs. Well, someone with good hands. Well, no, what you need to do because he is faster, stronger. Than virtually anyone. He's faster but, and stronger than most chimpanzees, and, and and more injury prone. But yeah, he the two things he has going against him are injury prone, and he's not mentally as tough as some. He's not a psychopath. He doesn't go in there. So who are you thinking, Carol Vorderman? <laughs> so I'm thinking with Jacques Berger. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Oh my God! What have you done? Imagine, imagine the physic like the potential physical specimen of. PSBs with the mental, mental oh, aspect wow. of Jacques Berger. He oh. wouldn't be as pretty though, would they? That kid, because like, uh, yeah. After Who they've, cares after they've when the whole their... world is yeah. your minion? Yeah. <laughs> that is that is special. That you'd own everything, everything that you looked at. Mm. See, I think looking over the last sort of ten, twelve years, what one of the most underrated players in England has been Nick Easter. Like skills-wise, offloads mm. is, is his actual raw abilities are superb, but. He's lacked a bit of gas. So, yeah. Mrs. Nguenya and, <laughs> and Nick Easter need to need to hop into bed. Yeah, or Mrs. Isles 
Carly Niles. Carly Niles' sister. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, yes. Because that, that, that would plug that gap, because I think it's actually been his pace and his lack of dynamism that's actually made people think he's not as good as he is. And I think Nick East has been... He see, still is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's At the age of 35. Yeah, because see, I, I look at the, uh, the physical prowess of someone like Andy Powell... I think if only he, you know, because he, he he likes to ball carry. Mm. He's not really a natural forward, but he doesn't really have the game management or the skills to to play in the backs. What if we merged Andy Powell with Andy Good? <laughs> <laughs> what a combo! The boy would like a beer, though. Uh, the boy would love a beer. He'd love his food, love his beer, but he'd be an incredible <laughs> specimen and game management. Game, yeah. Wow. Wesley Fofana, incredibly skillful, elusive runner, Agreed. all Agreed. round sensational. Perhaps arguably a little bit small to be a truly world class back when you particularly when you mm-hmm. look at the likes mm-hmm. of Jamie mm-hmm. Roberts and Mar Nonu and Tuolagi who are all like four stone upwards heavier than him. So yeah, breed him with someone like Ollie Cohn. Someone who's like <laughs> right. six eight, six nine, twenty one stone. Craig Crinnell. <laughs> yeah. Craig, perfect. Because he has no ruby playing ability whatsoever. But he has all of the attributes. <laughs> Couldn't get any better. Well, I, I think um, so. Danny Cipriani, um, he got in the England team aged 19, had the world at his feet. Everyone thought he was going to be the England 10 for years and years. He's been overtaken by Owen Farrell and George Ford, who, as well as having the game management and kicking ability, also can put their shoulder in and, and, mm. and do a shift. And you can maybe say Charlie Hodgson needs, needed this as well back in the day, but someone with just incredible defence that would plug that gap. If if Brian Lima, you have a sister, <laughs> the chiropractor <laughs> and Cipriani, and Cipriani, he wouldn't mind putting it about. He likes, he, he likes putting it about. Every, that is very true. There. Give him a few uh, Malibu and Cokes. <laughs> uh, Malibu and pineapple. A Nesquik. A Nesquik and he'll... Uh... Nesquik chocolate. Nesquik chocolate. <laughs> Malibu and pineapple. You're right, you are quite girly. That's quite a girly drink. What an awful interview. The more the, that's the worst feature ever to hit the airwaves. <laughs> uh any more any any more breeding? Oh like um what a, Brian O'Driscoll, one of the most phenomenal players ever, but if he'd have been a, a stone bigger and a, and been able to keep his pace, oh, I think you would have had the greatest player of all time. So Brian Olomu. Wow. <laughs> well, that would also Or Jonah O'Driscoll. Yes. <laughs> well, uh Brian Olomu uh, would also mean he'd be a New Zealander or potentially New Zealander, so oh, could yes. play for a, and win a World Cup. Yes. Something that's eluded uh, something, something a player of his calibre deserves. I want to get all the yeah. ideas which we've just come up with now and uh, maybe do like a fighting tournament and see, see, see wins. <laughs> Straightforward fighting. <laughs> right, we're done on that. At, ru- at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, if you've got a suggestion, who would you like to breed? What, what, what rugby players would create? Well, so basically, it's... it's, it's uh, <laughs> what um which how could you cover up the the maybe only failing of an otherwise amazing player by breeding them with someone mm. else who sort of covers that yeah that element that'd be uh, that'd be brilliant at rugby podcast on twitter please right should we talk about the weekend's rugby let's do it what's going on premiership isn't it is it yeah and it's getting really tasty cuz there's four rounds of games left so worcester of Really got to win again if they're to mm. have any chance. And then it's just a race for the top six and the top four. And it starts on Friday night with uh, that tasty game. And whoever loses this game is out of any chance of having a top four, I would have thought. Sale against Harlequins at the AJ Bell Stadium in mm. Salford. Going with Quins? Uh, sorry, Sale. How could I go? Yeah. I, I... You, you reckon even after Harlequins' superb performance on the road, the weekend well, just gone? I felt the Harlequins team that you put out was either there because they were arresting people or because of injuries. And I'm pretty sure the sales team, and some of them wrong, Tim, they put out was basically backups. Yeah, it, it, um, wasn't, it wasn't a first choice sales team, which yeah. is interesting because we said last week that if we were Steve Diamond, go we, for it. we would well, all I, have I, gone I for it. Did I say I wouldn't go for it? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe me and Tim said we'd go for it. I'm disappointed in, me, me too. in Steve Diamond for not going for it because it was on a. Th- the other thing is they had eight days after the game because it was on a Thursday night. And they had until this Friday mm. to recover. That's eight days. I mean, yeah. you can patch up some bodies. I know that they have had some big results and big matches recently, but come on, five, five games of the well. season. Yeah, yeah. I so a bit disappointed. Um, so you don't think that Harlequins will be able to replicate the, the form they showed against Stad? I don't think it's true form. I mean, the 
it wasn't their full team and it wasn't Harlequin's full team. And I don't think the team that Harlequin's took to Stad could beat Sale. I'm not entirely sure Harlequin's full first team will be able to beat Sale. Type 5 of Harlequin's is a bit lightweight and, and inexperienced. Mm. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. It's hard to I, call this one. I quite fancy Sale. Yeah. They're better positioned in the league. They're at home, so better position in the league. So they've got a bit more to play for. Like if they win this, they're really they genuinely are on the hunt for the. Here's the other top thing four. as well. I don't think anyone has a more stifling style than Sale. I mean, and Harlequins are very susceptible to that. The pack isn't as heavyweight as Northamptons or who's the other? One? Oh, well, well, certainly a, not Bath. Any of the top four, the pack. If Harlequins do get into the top four. They'll lose to any of those it's, those other yeah. teams. It, it's a, it's sales game to lose. I fancy sale. Yeah, teams. I do. Uh, next game is on Saturday and Leicester against London Wasps. Leicester. Yeah, I, I think Leicester. Leicester might take the opportunity to rest one or two of their boys, but won't matter. Yeah, I think they've they've got enough they've got enough strength in depth. Oh, by the way, what an amazing find Blaine Scully was. He had a fantastic game to come from local. USA Rugby and the and the Eagles straight into and then playing that sort of a cauldron and play as well yeah. as they did. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, really, really good, really impressive. So I think we're all saying Leicester. I think even probably most London Wasps fans will probably say Leicester. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think Leicester will rest cover players. Wasps will have a good goal, but Leicester will win that. Um, now this is a tasty one. Worcester Exeter. Yeah, now Exeter's form. Has not been great. I know they won the LV Cup, um, but besides that, they've not been playing particularly well in the league at all. And Worcester, after their win last week mm. or two weeks ago, yes, this would be bad. Um, and if they win, and Newcastle lose away at London Irish, they'll be with within four or five points, so they'll only be within one win of of catching Newcastle. So it'd be an incredible escape. It, it would be, but I almost think I'm going to... Right, yeah, I think I'm going to say Worcester to win this one. For the first time this season, I'm actually going to back Worcester. I just think Exeter are a prideful bunch and they're not going to mm. want to go down against it's, anyone, particularly not, not Worcester. I think Exeter, I think they'll be able to shut Worcester out. Gloucester Bath. Gloucester or Bath. Uh, yeah, that's on at 3.15 on BT Sport on Saturday. Bath have got too much to lose, haven't they? Although uh, it does, this fixture does bring out the best in Gloucester, doesn't it? Yeah. Sale are going to win, or sorry, win a playoff place. Bath are going to have to start doing some more losing. Hmm, that's true. And if, if Sale do win and Bath do lose, then there'll be, well, a point in it either way, depending on the, the bonus points. Exactly. And then two Sunday games? Yeah. Big game. 2pm 2, 2 on Sunday. Saracens, Northampton. Oh, love it. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. So two weeks ago, Saracens usurped Northampton at the head of the table. Yep. And Northampton, so they lost at Sale. They lost at um, they lost at Leicester. So they lost two league games on the bounce. Can I just say, oh my, I love Phil Dalson. So I do the match announcing at Sale Sharks. So I'm I'm kind of there. Now you know when they have the the guard of honour, all the kids waving flags and stuff, and the players run out, and then they have a TV camera at the end of that watching them. So I'm stood behind the TV camera, so I'm not in the way, but so that I can see the tunnel when the players are coming out, and I'll go, please welcome Northampton Saints. Phil Dowson led out the Northampton Saints team, ran out onto the pitch, and I turned around and I watched him. And I would go into battle behind Phil Dowson. It, it, he's, he's so good at being a captain and firing I you I bet up. he is. Really? I think he, he's one of the smartest signings. He had this look in his eyes, and he just he just looked around, and he just went, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to recreate it, but he just went, Relentless! We are relentless. Get back up, do it again. Get back up, do it again. Get back up, do it. And the way he said it, mm. and like it was just like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. It was like, wow, I want, I want to, I want to, I want, I would go over the top with you. <laughs> it was amazing. There will be a bit of a hangover from from Saracens because they didn't play well. Like they didn't have a start. The starters are either. I'm not worried about them. Do you reckon Sar- Saracens will win that? I think. Be... I think Saracens will win it, but I don't think. I don't think Northampton got anything. To- to worry about as such uh, with hangovers and that kind of thing uh, but yeah so I, I, you probably have to think Sarri's at home yeah although I still I, fancy I, I think it'll be very close maybe three points in it yeah. and so it could go either way and then final game London Irish Newcastle home win Irish yeah I, I fancy fancy them. Newcastle have done nothing to kind of suggest to me that they're going to 
win the games to make them automatically safe. Interestingly, as as far as I see it, interestingly, when you sort of look at the London Irish team, you think their back line would be the, the strength. But mm. actually that I think their backs have been the weakness the last month. They just they haven't they haven't clicked from what I've seen. I think the forwards have been pretty good. Yeah. The Trevor Anus and Cowan. Second row is in the back spot row. on as well. Yeah. No, mm. the, the, it's a good combination. Ralph and Skivington are yeah. good. Yeah. And David Pace, I would have him on, on form. I would have David Pace in the England squad. He's injured, so he can't. He's, no. he's, he's out to the end of the season. He's but got he's a few been, England caps as well, hasn't he? He's got a few England caps, but he's not been, around, he? he's not been involved for a mm. while. But he ball carries like a demon. I put him above Rob Webber and put him into the squad. Wow, on Rob form, quality. No, but on form. Like, Rob Webber's on great form. Well, actually, I say that he's not been. Playing he's not been playing because uh, Ross Batty. Yeah. David Pace has been out absolutely awesome, I think, but he's injured anyway, so it's irrelevant. Mm. But yeah, Irish to win that one. Get in touch and tell us what you reckon. Sorry, I'm just getting a bit tired. You know, <laughs> don't worry, Tim. Did, did a marathon earlier today. We've not all. What? At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, you can get in touch and tell us what you reckon. Suggest your Game of Thrones. Rugby converts suggest your um, selective oh, breeding. Selective rugby breeding. Yeah, I want to hear some good ones on that. And say how stupid you think JB's. I mean, tell us what you think about that red card decision. Please on, comment on, on people ruining our great game with a stupid litigious attitude. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. <laughs> oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the drinking gate off. Get him off the field. <laughs> There we go. Back in the day, you had to do something really bad to get that kind of treatment. Not anymore. Not anymore. Nice one, JB. Cheers, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.